Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Generally Speaking Podcast. My name is Andrew Brickley. I'm the VP of Business Development here at Opelousas General. And I'm Tracy Ante. I'm the director of the foundation at Opelousas General. And um, this will be episode one. And we're going to just kick off the beginning of all of our episodes with just some upcoming events, news, cool and interesting things that we think you ought to know about um, before we jump right into our interview. So coming up here on February 28th, uh, we are going to have a business after hours and open house, which welcomes uh, Dr. Lalland. He is our newest neurologist, and it will be on Thursday, February 28th, 2019, 5 to 6.30 p.m., and if you don't know where his office is located, uh, it is on main campus. It's 1270 Atakapa Drive, Suite 103 in Opelousas. So please come out and meet our newest neurologist. Yeah, and um, if you haven't been to any of our open houses before, I really encourage you to come. They're absolutely open to the entire community. It's a great chance to meet our newest physicians, welcome them to the community, but it just gives you a chance to have a personal one-on-one conversation and see if this is, you know, a doctor that you'd be interested in seeing, or maybe they are, they're offering a service that you weren't aware um, that they offered. So, and we have great food by our awesome chef. So that's also a great reason to come to our open houses. Absolutely, and if you haven't been to our hospital in quite some time, which I hope everyone is staying healthy and you don't have to come see us, but there's a lot of really cool things that are going on at Opelousas General, and there's a lot of changes that are happening to better serve the community. Yeah, so definitely come and, come and visit, come and check it out. And um, just while you're doing that, one of the things that we're just went live on our website just about a week and a half ago is that it's scholarship time. Um, Those of you that have seniors getting ready to graduate from high school or if you are interested in going back to school yourself to maybe get your bachelor's or if you're a nurse looking to go back to school to get your MP or something, this is your scholarship time. So if you go to our website at opelousasgeneral.com, right on the front page, you'll see um, a little block you can click on that says um, OGHS Foundation Scholarship. And for our scholarship program, you do have to go um, to either LSUE, LSUA, UL, Southern, or SLCC in Opelousas or Lafayette. And all of the different um, requirements are there, and you can apply there as well. Um, The foundation also administers the Marmol, Ryan Bassett, and Hike scholarship, and you can apply um, through the website there as well. So get those in. Deadline um, is April 1st for the foundation scholarship and April 5th for the Morrow Morrow uh, Scholarship, but we are really looking forward to, to getting some in and seeing what students have on their mind and what's coming up for them. Excellent. And how many students about a year apply into the program? Um, for our foundation scholarship, we usually have between about 15 to 20. We select six, uh, around six, and For the foundation scholarship, it's not uh, just one year or one semester. It's very unique to the individual that's applying. So it could be the last three remaining semesters they have, or they could be an incoming freshman, and it could be for up to two to four semesters. So it just really depends on that individual and what their plan is. Sounds like a great opportunity. It is. It is. I'm excited. Me as well. Uh, another program we have coming up, which has been a long time coming, is our uh, pilot telemedicine program. We have partnered with St. Landry Parish Schools to uh, launch a rural telehealth 
program at Arneville Elementary. It will be our test site. Uh, it is launching February the 4th, and the, the question I, I get from a lot of folks is just, what is that? So really it's a way for your son or your daughter, if they go to Arneville Elementary, and you know, we've all done this where, you know, gotten up and we've told mom and dad they're not feeling well or they and of course being a parent are they truly not feeling well or do they have a case of the math test flu so in the event that you were to send your kids to school and you know they are sick this enables them to see a uh, to get uh, diagnosed at the school which is a huge resource because there are times where again being a parent if your son or my, my son or daughter, they get sick, like they all do, you have to leave school. And then there's the inevitable process of going to school, having to get them, trying to get them into the primary care doctor the same day. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. If you do, great. But if not, now you've taken off another day of work. And then there's another inevitable day of school that's, uh, that's missed. It's really to help expedite the diagnosis period and get them feeling better quicker to make sure that they're staying in school and that that is really what the uh, the program's for uh, the St. Landry Parish School District has been uh, very gracious in working with us uh, Principal Miller at Arneville Elementary has very much embraced the program and has been a champion of it and is very excited by it so it's going to be launching February 4th and We'll see where it goes. I, I'm, I'm very excited to see the doors that will open uh, as being available for uh, immediate care. Yeah, and I think that, um, so by the time you're listening to this, the clinic will have been opened and um, we'll, we'll be seeing students. And I think that as um, a parent that previously lived in a, in a rural area and had something similar several years ago, it was of huge value to know that um, my child is sick and running a fever, that they, instead of having to wait, that they could just go walk down the hall, they'll be able to be seen uh, through our medical home at our hospital, um, receive a diagnosis, have a prescription called in, so that you as the parent, when you get that phone call, you can pick up medicine, go to school, pick up your child, the uh, doctor's excuse is waiting in the office, the medicine's already in the car, and you can just go home and start doing the work of just getting your, your child well and getting them back in school as soon as possible. So that's I think that's the, the best outcome that we see for this. So we're, we're super excited and um, looking at other opportunities definitely to expand this, uh, especially to um, other rural schools within our parish. I think it's really important that we try to meet people where they're at and provide them with great services. And I think this is a huge step forward in doing that. So we're super excited. Coming up next, our interview with Dr. Raza. Hello and welcome back to uh, our podcast. With us now is Dr. Raza. He is our pulmonary critical care physician. Welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Excellent. So just to lead off, if you could tell us uh, what made you get into uh, pulmonary critical care? So uh, critical care is a specialty which deals with, as the name suggests, critically ill patients. And uh, in a way, intensive care through the years have evolved significantly. 
And while I was in training at Auctioner, uh, most of my mentors were critical care uh, uh, trained and specialist and one of the leaders in the specialty. So I was always impressed with that. And then also uh, think about it this way. When all the specialties stop taking care of the patient, that's when you start taking care of the patient. Not just that, uh, you are able to make a difference in a patient's life. And also uh, in, in medicine, uh, we do the best. And also when it comes to when you are unable to do or save a patient, then at those times we can at least make those times for them uh, comfortable and also be there for the family in making sure their loved one's uh, dignity is upheld and uh, their last times on this earth is dignified and iconic to their wishes. So that, that, that aspect of critical care where you, on one extreme, you are uh, using every technology to keep them alive and, and the other extreme also, uh, you know, abiding by the wishes, getting humbled by nature and God, and uh, doing what uh, nature is meant to do. Uh, I don't think any other specialty has those extremes. So just listening to what you're saying, and, and I love the way that you put it, through caring for that patient through every stage of whatever their illness is, and the connection with the family, what 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 were the things that happened, or what made you decide that you wanted to be a physician, that you even wanted to go into this field? So, uh, in my previous life, I was a dentist, and uh, and dentistry is wonderful. But you know, you always you are a doctor, but you're not a complete doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was fascinated by the wholesome uh, aspect of caring that is medicine. Uh, and you know, and uh, or in if you want to be funny and no disrespect to a dentist out there, uh, I wanted to complete med school. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. dentists are considered med school dropouts. <laughs> again, it's it's just uh, no pun intended. Uh, and and also, but more importantly, I think the wholesome caring of a person or a patient. Uh, that's what. Uh, and you know, uh, the and my, also my specialty. A challenge right. right more challenge and also uh, that, that that what led to you know going back to med school from dentistry and sometimes I think if you know uh, it was that that was the right thing to do but I'm glad I did I'm happy so I, obviously I'm what I'm about ready to say is probably won't come to a shock to you as all well. obviously in this part of Louisiana there's a high degree of cardiac disease, and there's also a huge, uh, I guess, streak of tobacco use, for lack of a better term. And in the short time I've, I've been in Louisiana and the conversations I've had at health fairs that we do, there's the attitude that a lot of folks have when you're saying, do you want to have a, a screening test done? They're just, you know, if I don't know, I don't have to worry about it. But from the physician side, if you could give the folks who are listening to this podcast one bit of advice, if they thought, there is something wrong, what would, what would be the best piece of advice that you could give them? So, uh, in this day and age, uh, let, let's talk about lung cancer. Uh, you know, uh, and with, with what uh, we have learned is lung cancer screening, uh, which, uh, you know, I'm glad to report uh, Apollosis General is doing that as, as well as, you know, the other hospitals in the area. 
so people who have smoked more than 30 years, who are older than 55, and it's just a low-dose CT without much radiation, you go under a scanner, you find if there, if there is any abnormalities. A CT scan, which is more in-detail scan of your lungs, if they are for, let's let's talk about a, a, a hypothetical uh, patient. If someone who has smoked 35 years, he's 57 years old, which is young. I don't consider 57 old. And we do a screening and we found a small nodule. Uh, nodule is a spot in the lung, which can be because of many reasons. Could be an infection, could be uh, because of an inflammation, and could also be malignancy, initial stages. You come go see your lung doctor and they say, oh, you have a spot, we need to do further deep, further exam. And it turns out that if that spot is malignant, we can actually get it surgically resected. That means, in fact, if it was cancer, early stages, and you have almost treated it, obviously you need to follow up after that to make sure that it does not reoccur and also make sure, uh, you know, do another scan, which re want to make sure there is nothing else that's going on, which is called a PET scan. So just a simple CT scan can, in fact, diagnose cancer early, but also help in treating. And then let's talk about the other important aspect, which is smoking. So, uh, one of the most common causes for, and what we see as bread and butter pulmonologists is chronic obstructive lung disease, which is an umbrella. Under that, you have emphysema, chronic bronchitis, so on and so, so forth. Smoking is one of the most common and important cause of uh, what I'm talking about. And it's also uh, one of the most difficult addiction to quit. There are nicotine replacement therapies, there are medications, but there also have been uh, some other oral habit-breaking uh, uh, procedures that you can help the patient to discontinue smoking. And then again, coming back to an example, if someone who has smoked and then with smoking, which again, directly uh, can relate to uh, reducing your lung function test on its own as an independent factor. And if that patient person stops smoking, in fact, within 24 to 48 hours, it starts to show that you know your, the, the steepness or the equity with your lung function drops, it levels off to someone who has not smoked. Mm -hmm. So you're not only preserving your lung function, you are also helping and uh, not from further destruction. So do we get that lung function back? The answer is unfortunately no, but with medications, therapy, exercise, we can have a, a, a absolutely a better quality of life. So uh, that's where that comes. And then vaccinations, people who are chronically ill, you know, pneumonia vaccine, which helps uh, not only uh, then there is a common myth about you know vaccines causing uh, like you I think uh, we hear it quite often like oh I had a flu shot but I got flu uh, does flu shots cause flu the answer is no absolutely in fact it helps you in in ever you get a flu then that 
means your severity of which by uh, the disease that you're going to get will be much less than if you are unvaccinated. Uh, and same applies with pneumonia. There are many different pneumonia variants that can cause pneumonia. And then the vaccine covers the most of them, but not all of them. So there is still, you can do get it, but the severity of the disease is much less. I know that you've been going around talking to a lot of different groups and doctors, and um, Shelly's done such a good job of getting you out there. Everybody's very excited that you're here, and I think that exactly what you're talking about is the message that we really need to get out a lot, especially to our community. And it's this is South Louisiana, just like Andrew said, where it's a very unique part of the country. We'll say it that way. We like to eat, and we like to eat things that aren't always that great for us. Um, but I think that really getting that message across exactly what you're saying about prevention, getting your screenings, um, being informed, all of those things are really going to help to impact um, the overall health of our of our community. And it's that's been a it's it's been a huge issue for us, and that's one of the things that um, we're working on with our Healthy St. Landry Alliance is to provide avenues and networks for people to, for doctors just like you to say it so they hear it from you because a lot of times that's what's, that's what's, um, what's going to make the biggest difference. So all of that being said, what do you think about our little part of the world down here? Um, and where did you come from before you moved here to Louisiana? Yeah, I love it so far. The people, you know, uh, as, as uh, um, in past month or so my experience have been wonderful miss shelley uh you know with her like she takes her time away from uh, her what she does and she makes it an extraordinary effort to take me out there and meet all those wonderful physicians who are doing a great job and you know and and uh, with with the limitations that uh, uh we have uh, which again it's a work in progress uh then I love the people that have encountered, and obviously I love the food. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and there is nothing wrong in enjoying food. There are only two things in life they say you enjoy a lot. One is good food, and other, I don't think I'm going to mention that. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, do, 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 you know, do live your life, but also what is important is uh, you know, your health because your health is what will determine the quality of life you're going to uh, have as you progress. Uh, you know, there's a saying in uh, uh, a language which uh, it goes as you live life of a king when you are 20 and that of a dog after 40 if you don't take care of yourself. So, For, uh, for the folks who have turned in and maybe hearing that you're here for the first time, tell us where your office is located. So uh, in the hospital on the second floor. And uh, it's where Dr. Uh, Ray Williams, one of our spine surgeons, he's, his office is there. I share with them. And Dr. Tibeta, too. I think most, most of the community knows him. He has done great work in, uh, in his specialty. And, uh, you know, I've been lucky to have all those colleagues around me. And it's been wonderful so far. So looking forward to, uh, you know, work and, and, and make a difference.
Excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming and talking to us and letting our community get to know you a little bit better. If you are interested in uh, making an appointment, you can call 337-943-7186 to make your appointment with Dr. Raza. And also, uh, language that are spoken in this office is Hindu, and what's that second one? Urdu and English, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> So, but again, thank you for being with us today, and uh, thanks for being us on our uh, inaugural episode of our podcast. Absolutely. It was my uh, pleasure, and I'm excited to be, and hopefully looking forward to come talk with you guys uh, again about a subject which will help our community. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.